app. Atlanta Sports Radio, 92.9, the game. If you don't have an opinion, he'll give you one. He's blunt. It's the John Chuckery Show on Sports Radio, 92.9, the game. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back with the John Chuckery Show. Live in the Kia Studios Tuesday night with you. Final hour of the program is the start of the Brown Liquor Music Hour. Chuck Rose gets the first request. I thought since we got Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday, right? All about family. A little sly in the family stone. Family affair. You know that this was the number one song in the country the week that I was born. Did not know that. Yes. Family Affair by Sly and the Family Stone. Week of December 4th or whatever it was. But on on my birthday, this was the number one song in the country. Uh, 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app, so you catch us on the go. Social media is at 9 on the game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I am at, at JMCH316. We've got Josh producing the show tonight. A couple quick programming notes. First off, it is kind of a crazy week. So... No show tomorrow night after Hawks. So even coming up after my show tonight, right? Coming up after my show, we've got Jason Longshore and who's the girl's name again, Josh? Jess Sharman. Jess Sharman and Jason Longshore are going to have all of your World Cup coverage. So that's going to go from what? Is that from 11 to 12 tonight? Correct, 11 to 12. Okay, so they will be on from 11 to 12. They've also got you tomorrow night after the Atlanta Hawks. So, no show for me tomorrow night after Hawks. We'll have the World Cup coverage. And, of course, everybody's off Thanksgiving. Everybody's off on Friday as well. So, after tonight, the next time I'll be with you is college football game time with myself, Chris, and Randy. And then Sunday, no Hugh Douglas for the Wade Ford Tailgate Show because he is headed up to Philadelphia where he will be inducted in the Eagles Hall of Fame. He said, by the way, that the blazer that they give him is black. Like, why would they not have why the would eagle not be green? green? Right. That's what I said. Why I would it not be it would eagle be green? green? Because when Randy got his jacket for the Dolphins, it's the teal, right? It's the dolphin yeah. teal, right? I, say, I know, like, the, the Eagles have kind of adopted that. They have those black kind of secondary jerseys, but when it's Hugh green. Played, Hugh didn't no, play in no green. black secondary jersey. Yeah, evergreen, yes. like, forest green. That's what they're recognized for is that green color. Ron Jaworski, right? Carol Carmichael, Wilbur Montgomery. That's what they're famous for is the green uniform. But he said it's a black sport coat. I was like, all right. Well. Well, shout out to Hugh, though. That's a big honor. Oh, yeah, it's tremendous. So they play the Packers, by the way, um, up there. So Hugh is headed up there on Friday. So Joe Patrick and I are going to manhandle the Wade Ford tailgate show. We'll be, of course, in studio as the uh, Falcons are on the road for uh, that game. So uh, we'll take you from 9 to 11 as we get ready for Falcons football against the Commodores coming up on that Sunday. So we'll catch you guys over the weekend at that point. All right, let's get to something we call our college football roundup. It's time for the college football roundup. A complete look at all the collegiate football action. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. All right, so the uh, college football playoff rankings came out earlier tonight. No surprise, no change in the top four. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. From there, your next five... Uh, six, I should say. LSU comes in at number five. What that means is this. If LSU beats Georgia, they're in the playoff. Let me repeat. If LSU beats Georgia, they're in the playoff. 
so you can end all of that discussion about can a two-loss team make the playoff. They're in. So the other team, Southern Cal, they are 10-1. and one. I believe if Southern Cal wins out that they are very much in the mix to be in the playoff. Here's how I look at it. The loser of Michigan-Ohio State will get knocked out of the top four. If LSU wins, they're in. If they lose and Southern Cal wins out, they're in. I think personally your most likely scenario to happen is going to be Georgia, TCU, Ohio State, Southern Cal. If I had to pick, that would be my guess. Bama's out. Clemson, out. Oregon, out. Tennessee, out. By the way, you know that in that game over uh, in South with South Carolina over the weekend, do you know that they, as a top five AP poll team, that's the most points an AP top five poll team has given up to an unranked team since the poll started? Josh, ask me very quickly, what year did the poll come out? Hey, Tucker. What 1936. Year the- there you go. That's the most points ever given up to an unranked team in poll history by AP top five team. Um, Bama, Clemson, Oregon, Tennessee, Penn State, K-State, Washington, Utah, Notre Dame at 15, Florida State, Carolina dropped down to 17, UCLA, Tulane. So right now, Tulane sits as the highest ranked group of five team. If they can win out... They play Cincinnati, and then they will have the AAC title game as well, which I believe is going to be a rematch against UCF. But I thought Cincinnati was still in the hunt to make the game. But right now, if Tulane can win out, they can beat Cincinnati, then win the AAC, they will get the Big Six Bowl, which should put them, I'm guessing, because the Fiesta Bowl this year is one of the playoff games. My guess would be if it's Tulane, They'll play in the Cotton Bowl. So what would you think about potentially? I'm not saying that this is going to happen. What would you think about an LSU-Tulane Cotton Bowl? How would that be? Think about that. You got two teams in the state of two teams uh, in Louisiana. I mean, it's it's a regional matchup. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely the, 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 stand, the stadium's going to be packed. Yeah, because they're going to uh, – because the two playoff games this year – are the Peach Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl. So they will put Tulane. Let's just say it is Tulane. They'll play in the closest game to them. That will be the Cotton Bowl. And the Cotton Bowl is open, by the way, because the Sugar Bowl is SEC and Big 12. So if, if LSU loses the next highest-ranked SEC team, which will either be Tennessee or Alabama, that, that will be the next highest team. They'll get in the um, Sugar Bowl, but I think LSU could have a chance to be in the Cotton Bowl when all is said and done. I would love to, I would love to have Tulane and LSU in the Cotton Bowl. Now, speaking of the SEC, how about the rumors with Lane Kiffin? Is he going to Auburn? Here's what my gut tells me. He's going to Auburn. Auburn's a better job. Well, why is Auburn better? Because they have and you can win a national championship at Auburn. They've done it, and they've played for others. It's been proven. 
So you can win and play for national championships if you handle your business at Auburn. Even more than Ole Miss, you can handle your business. You can do it at Auburn. And Auburn has proven that they are a program that is capable of getting to that level. With all due respect to Ole Miss, they haven't shown that they can get to that level yet. And they haven't shown that they can get to a top level without cheating. It is what it is out there. Now, I heard Stake talk about this today. Should Brent Key get the tech job? If they beat Georgia, we probably have a different conversation. This is what I will say for for now. I think he's a candidate for it, absolutely. That would be that would not be the direction that I go. Great that they beat North Carolina. Tremendous win. Yes, they have a ranked win over Pitt, who's not a very good football team, but they were ranked. That gives them one more ranked win than what Jeff Collins had in three years. I get all that. But they got throttled by Florida State. Miami had not scored a touchdown in nine quarters going into that game against uh, against Georgia Tech. They scored five touchdowns that day, and they rolled Tech. And the Virginia loss at home on a Thursday night. That was embarrassing how bad. That game as a whole was awful. That game was embarrassing for Georgia Tech. So, look, uh, they got rolled by Central Florida, right? So, look, starting out beating Pitt for key, terrific. Beating North Carolina, terrific. It's just they are so ebbed and flowed. And part of I'll tell you what I think Tech with with, uh, Pitt and Duke, you get that emotional bump from guys when you change coaches during the season. Guys want to play for their spot. Guys want to impress the new coach. Guys want to, uh, guys are maybe motivated because they didn't like the last guy and played for this guy. So I take a lot of emotion in the Pitt-Duke game because I think there was a lot of emotion going into that. But then you come home on that Thursday and you lay a complete egg against Virginia, who's awful. And you get run out by Florida State. You get hammered by Miami. Good win against Virginia Tech, but they stink as well. Again, that's a team that's at your level. Carolina's a really good win because they were fighting, hoping that their playoff spot was alive, even though it wasn't. I go a different direction. I've said, I said this the day they fired Jeff Collins. I wouldn't mind seeing Jamie Chadwell get a shot at all this. I don't know if he wants to leave Coastal Carolina. I don't know what kind of money it would take. I've heard from people that they are willing to get in the $4 million range to pay a head coach. Jamie Chadwell makes $800,000. Nice area. I mean, they're at Myrtle Beach. You can literally in 20 minutes from <clears throat> from where Coastal Carolina plays football, you can be in you can be on Myrtle Beach in 20, 25 minutes. You know how I know that, Josh? Because I was just in Myrtle Beach and passed right by their stadium on the way to Myrtle Beach. It's a nice stadium. Now, you would think Atlanta would be better, but again, what's the commitment going to be in all that? I don't think Dion's getting it. I don't think it's going to be Bill O'Brien. I think Jamie Chadwell, I think Key, I think those are the two main guys that are in the hunt for this particular gig. So we will see what happens. All right, when we come back, the best thing that happened to the University of Georgia and their football team on Saturday didn't even involve their game. We'll talk about that next. Chuck Green, the Key Studios, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, Odyssey.com app. You dim the rainbow's glow.
some more John Chuckery. He's in the zone. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. My absolute favorite Four top song. Such a great. And let me tell you, one of my favorite lines from that Motown documentary. They talk about how Chucker here in the Key Studios of Sports Radio Night on the Game. Um, they talk about how in that in the Motown documentary. By the way, let me mention too. Hey, if you want the inside story, join the crew podcast with Josina Anderson, Fred Smoot, Morris Chestnut, free on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcast. Get that out of the way. They talk about on that Motown documentary about the competition between all the acts, right? Whether it was the Temptations, Four Tops, Smokey Robinson, right? Like oh, it was cutthroat. Right. Like they talked about all the competition. And the whole reason that, like, for instance, Smokey Robinson talks about the reason he wrote My Girl is because he couldn't understand why um, uh, Eddie uh, David Ruffin wasn't singing instead of just Eddie. You know, Eddie Kendrick was always singing all their songs. The way you do the things you do and all that good stuff, right? But David Ruffin wasn't singing. They're like, why is David Ruffin not singing? So they wrote My Girl for all that. So they talk about the singers and all that kind of stuff. And, and people talk about, look, how many groups ever in the history of music have a Eddie Kendrick and David Ruffin? But Otis Williams of The Temptations said that we knew it was a competition. And he said, look, we would go against the four tops. We knew we could outdance them, and we had all these guys. But he said, Levi Stubbs? That guy was no joke, man. And he's right, man. Levi Stubbs was a bad MFer, man. That's the guy who sings lead for all the four tops and their hits and everything. Yeah. He's a lot, got of, a lot of those guys voice. are some cats you just don't want to, you wouldn't want to see out. You yeah. Know? Like, like he, he said, man, I mean, look, that he's like, that dude could sing with anybody. Like, you couldn't out-sing Levi Stubbs. And he was a tremendous performer. I mean, such a great voice. But Bernadette is my favorite four top song. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app, so you catch us on the go. Social media at 9 the game at James. It's 316. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and disappoint everybody right now. So we're not going to do rank them coming up. I didn't want to dump everything extra on top of Josh because I do want to talk about it. So full disclosure, we were supposed to have Kevin Egan on the show tonight. And unfortunately, he's sick, lost his voice. So we were going to talk Atlanta United. We're going to talk about, obviously, World Cup. But Kevin is now the play-by-play voice of Monday Night Raw. Survivor Series is coming up on Sunday. Saturday, excuse me. It's Now they do their pay-per-views on Saturday. So we were going to talk Survivor Series with him, but we're going to talk about the Survivor Series coming up here in about 20 minutes uh, from right now. But as I said, the best thing that happened to Georgia on Saturday did not involve their game. I brought this up to Mike Griffin on our college football show on Saturday, college football game time, the best college football show in the United States of America, maybe in the Milky Way galaxy, myself, Chris Goforth, Randy Mack, 8 to noon on Saturdays. I brought this up to Mike Griffin. I said, you know, Georgia doesn't have anything to play for. I know they've got a playoff spot, but they've already clinched the SEC. They're way better than Kentucky, way better than Georgia Tech. Those teams are not going to beat Georgia. Neither of those teams can line up with their talent and beat Georgia. They can't. Kentucky against Tennessee and Georgia scored 18 total points with a top 10 NFL quarterback and a first-team all-SEC running back. So how do you keep Georgia motivated? He said, well, it's a different program and a curve. Okay, but then you saw him come out and play flat. I mean, they played well enough to win, 
But Kentucky was never going to win that game. But now, with Tech beating North Carolina, now Kirby has something to use to motivate his guys this week. Forget that it's Georgia-Georgia Tech. Forget that it's a 30-point spread. He's going to tell them all week long, hey, you know those guys, those guys that aren't any good, they just went up on the road and beat the number 13 team in the country, who was the ninth highest scoring team in the nation at over 40 points a game, and they just held them to 17. You get too full and too cocky of yourself, you're going to lose to those guys. Now he has all that he needs this week to send them a message. Is Georgia Tech going to beat Georgia? I don't think so. Is Georgia Tech going to cover the 30? I don't know. Could Georgia Tech make it somewhat competitive? Yes. Can Georgia Tech get beat by 40? Yes. But Kirby looking for something to attach to. That was the best thing that happened to Georgia on Saturday, was Tech beating North Carolina. Because now you can send a message to your team. Hey, see what those guys just did? Hey, they're coming in here feeling good about themselves. Hey, if they win, they get to a bowl game. Because it's hard for kids to look. And this is why I brought this up to Mike. It's human nature to get complacent. When you're as good as what Georgia is, I mean, most, that's why I said, they were never going to lose to Kent State or anything like that. Oh, look, it's a close game. They were never going to lose. They were never going to lose to Kentucky. I don't care if they did go on a 97-yard touchdown. They weren't going to lose to Kentucky because eventually the talent wins out. And I explained this, you know, earlier in the show when talking about when you look at, like, Ohio State, Notre Dame, or you look at Ohio State, Maryland, or Ohio State, Penn State, as those games are close, what happened? In each of those games, eventually the talent takes over. Eventually they have too much personnel for you. That's Georgia. Georgia has way too much personnel for Georgia Tech. But you make some turnovers, you beat yourself, and you make those kids at Georgia Tech feel like they've got a shot, and you end up losing. Now, I don't think there's any chance that Georgia Tech, even if they play flawless and Georgia doesn't play well, I still don't think Tech can beat them. But this gives Kirby a chance to send a message and say, you guys think you're so good? Hey, look at what this team did that's coming in. <clears throat> and they already don't like you because they're your rivals. They already don't like you because they think they're second-class citizens. They want to win it. They want to play for a bowl game. Now, look, the reality is, Georgia's playing for a shot in the playoff. They may not think that, and they may not talk about it like that, but me and you can talk about it like that. Because if Georgia wins, there's not a chance that they're, in, they're not in the playoff. 12-0, head of the SEC title game. If they're 13-0 or 12-1, they're in either way because they are the clear-cut number one team in the nation, and they're in either way. I don't care what happens in the SEC title game. We saw that last year. Told you the exact same thing. And Georgia got blown out in the SEC title game, didn't they? And they still made the playoff, did they not? Same thing this year. So, But you're looking for something to keep these kids motivated, and that's what you got in that. So I expect Tech to, you know, look, they'll put up a good fight, but this is going to be a a real struggle for them. So, again, if you didn't hear the uh, college football rankings, from earlier tonight. 
Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. That's your top four. Then LSU, USC, Alabama, Clemson, Oregon, Tennessee. I'm surprised that Tennessee only dropped five spots because they've lost twice in the last three weeks, and they've gotten blown out in both of their losses. They've gotten blown out in their two losses. I'm surprised that, that they stayed in the top ten. That means that they've built up some good goodwill and good cachet earlier in the season. But they're not going to be in the playoff now. Hate it for Hendon Hooker. Really hate that for Hendon Hooker is the fact that, you know, he tore his ACL out for the season. Will that influence? Because it, it's at the end of the day, it's probably not going to influence where they go because they're most likely going to be a big six bowl team when all is said and done, right? I, I think right now if LSU – you're looking at probably LSU, Alabama, you know, who's ever higher ranked is going to get the Sugar Bowl bid. And then you're talking about probably one more bid in the Cotton Bowl for an SEC team. Because right now it's going to be probably one SEC team, Georgia, the winner of Ohio State, Michigan, who most likely is going to get Iowa in the Big Ten title game. Both Michigan and I, uh, sorry, both Michigan and Ohio State this year beat Iowa. Michigan beat them by 13. What Ohio State beat them by 44. So Iowa lost to both Ohio State and Michigan already this year. And if TCU, you know, that's the that's the other team that look, they're living, you know, hand to mouth one week at a time, right? Iowa State is one, and that's who they play. TCU's got Iowa State. Iowa State's four and seven. Iowa State has won. One game in conference this season. They're one and seven in conference. They're not pulling a miracle upset. Now, I don't know about a one loss Big 12 team about whether or not he can they can hang on or not, but they're certainly not going to lose this week, and they'll get to the P- Big 12 championship game and they'll play a team that they've already beaten this year for. So if they win out, they're in. The Ohio State Michigan State Michigan a winner. They'll be in because they'll win the Big Ten title. I think Georgia's going to win the SEC. That keeps them in. And then now it's, it's you know, it's the number four spot. I do believe that Georgia wins out. Ohio State-Michigan winner wins the Big Ten. TCU wins out. Now it comes down to if Southern Cal can win out. Southern Cal can beat Notre Dame and most likely play Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. They'll be in. If, they, if they're 12-1, and one, with the, with the Pac-12 championship, they will be in. You know why? Because as I've told you for years, it's the brand of Southern Cal. The one program that can use its brand and help get itself in the playoff is Southern Cal. They can be that brand that can do it. I think the reason that they have LSU ahead of, T, of USC, even though they have two losses, is because the committee is telling you that we will put LSU in the playoff if they beat Georgia. If they be if LSU beats Georgia and TCU wins out, you'll have Georgia, the winner of Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, and LSU. That will be your four teams. And that will give the SEC its two teams in there. No matter what USC does. Because you'll have an undefeated conference champion over Southern Cal. You have the SEC champion, 
And even with the even with the Pac-12 championship, they will not move Georgia from one down to five. That won't happen. They won't. Not when Georgia's been the best team in the country all year long. And and when I told Wes earlier, this is this is the most weeks at number one in the AP poll Georgia's ever had in one season. Last year they had nine weeks at number one. This week they've got this is their tenth week at number one in the polls. It's the most ever in a season for a Georgia football team. Last year was last year was the previous most times they were number one in the AP. It's this year now that they've surpassed. So they're not dropping them out even over one loss Pac-12 Southern Cal. But Southern Cal will 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 be in the mix if you know if Georgia does win, which I think most people anticipate. But I think they're trying to set up to make sure that the SEC champion finds its way into the 14 playoff. All right, we're going to talk about Survivor Series when we get back. Chuck Reed, Nikia Studios, head to the top of the hour in the JR Sports Brief. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, Odyssey.com app. My life, my life, my life, my life in the sunshine. Back to more John Chuckery. No, 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 I'm having a good time. Having a good time. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Back at Chuckery Show. At the top of the hour, not the JR Sports Brief. We've got actually Jason Longshore and Jess Sharman who are going to, are we calling this show anything? Just a... World Cup recap, or is there any specific name? It is Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Okay, Atlanta. Let me spell that. Atlanta. Yes. A T L A N T A. Tonight. Okay. Just want to be sure I've got all of that. So. Four zero four seven four one zero nine two nine. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app, so you catch it on the go. Social media at night on the game at JMCH three one six on Twitter. Um. All right, Saturday. We were supposed to talk to Kevin Egan about all this. Saturday, we got Survivor Series coming up. Now there are the full four. There are the four tent pole events, pay per view wise, for the WWE. Right, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, SummerSlam. So Survivor Series is one of the main pay per views. This goes back to 1987, by the way. Do you know how the history of Survivor Series started? Vince McMahon coming off of WrestleMania 3, wanted to counter-program Starcade that the WCW was putting on. And he wanted something to go against them, and he did not want Starcade and WCW to chip into his pay-per-view because WrestleMania 3 in 87 was the biggest pay-per-view thing of all time, right? 90,000 people, huge numbers, Hogan and Andre. That match changed the industry forever. Vince didn't want the WCW chipping in. So he put Survivor Series out as a pay-per-view, and he basically held the pay-per-view and cable companies hostage and told them, look, if you air Starcade instead of my pay-per-view, you will not get the rights to WrestleMania next year. Well, coming off of what WrestleMania 3 was and what a huge event that was, the cable companies, the pay-per-view companies, they did not want to miss out on WrestleMania. Because next to boxing, wrestling was the next biggest thing 
in the pay-per-view world. Remember, an actual pay-per-view. So they did not want to miss out. So they created Survivor Series, right? Teams of five that strive to stay alive is what the old saying was. Now, there is some rumor and innuendo that is going around. The rumor and innuendo is we have not seen Becky Lynch for, I think it's 133 days. She had that separated shoulder that she got when she wrestled Bianca Belair at, I think that was SummerSlam, right, that she got the separated shoulder. was SummerSlam. She's been out like 133 days. The rumor and innuendo is she's going to be the fifth member of Team Bianca Belair and that she is planning on making the trip for Summer, for Survivor Series. I keep saying SummerSlam, but Survivor. Where is Survivor Series? Let me see. I can't even remember where the um, where the pay-per-view is uh, this year. Now, the other unique thing, um, okay, TD Garden in Boston. So what the old um, – uh, it's not the uh, Boston Garden anymore. It's TD Garden, right? So that it's going to be in Boston. By the way, you know what else Boston, one of the big shows of all time in Boston? That was WrestleMania 14. That's where Austin won the title for the first time, or his first time winning the title. But, look, uh, that would be cool because they usually bring these people back for these big events like Survivor Series and all that. Um, what's also interesting about this year's Survivor Series is War Games that they're going to have a women's war games match and a men's war games match. Now, if you're not familiar with war games, do you know what, Josh, do you have any idea what war games matches are? I've never heard of a war games match. No. Okay. They literally take two rings, put them side by side, and they put a cage over the entire thing. So two rings that are buttressed against one another, surrounded by a cage. That's war games. That, you know who created that? It was the great Dusty Rhodes. The best war games, you know where the best war games, ask me where the best war games match of all time took place. Where was the best? At the Omni. Okay. Right here in Atlanta at the Omni. That was, uh, oh, it wasn't Bash at the Beach. Oh, let me remind myself of what that was. I'll tell you the other one, too, was in 90, um, 91. It was uh, Great American Bash. That's right. Great American Bash 87. That was the first War Games match that was right here in Atlanta at the Omni. That was <laughs> that was the Road Warriors, Dusty, Nikita Kolov, and um, who am I missing? Paul Ellering against the Four Horsemen, which was Arn, Tully, Rick, Lex Luger, and they had J.J. Dillon with them as well. That was the War Games match. It's five on five. They bring, they start with two guys and they add one guy in intervals, and then the match doesn't officially start until all ten guys, or it can be eight guys as well, until everybody's in the ring. Okay. Then that's when the ring. Then that's what starts, and you can go back and forth between the two rings. Oh, okay, okay. And you and you go in there and pinfall or submit guys, and that's how you eliminate them through there. The other one that was great was. Great American Bash in 91. Was it 91 or 92? That was Team Sting against the Dangerous Alliance. And if you're not familiar with the Dangerous Alliance, Bobby Eaton, Arn Anderson, Rick Rude, and some guy named Steve Austin. I don't know what he ever did, if he ever became famous. That's the Dangerous Alliance with with, uh, the great um, uh, Paul Heyman that was managing him, although he was – well, I'm I'm drawing a blank. Paul uh, Paulie Dangerously. 
He was Paulie Dangerously back then, but Paul Heyman that we know now that was managing the uh, one of the great factions uh, of all time. Um, I guess I'm, for me, probably my favorite Survivor Series is probably 89. It's probably my favorite. That's Hogan. That's Warrior, right? Uh, let me see if I can remember what the what the whole team was. Yeah, it was it was um, yeah the Hulkamaniacs. That was Hogan, Jake, Axe, and Smash. So that's Demolition. They beat the Million Dollar Team. That was Ted DiBiase, the Warlord, the Barbarian, and Zeus. Because remember, they were coming off of the SummerSlam and all that with with Randy Savage and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm just laughing at some of these. Dusty Rhodes, Brutus Beefcake, the Red Rooster, and Tito Santana. That was the dream team. They took on the Enforcers. Big Boss Man, Bad News Brown, Rick Martell, and the Honky Tonk Man with Slick and Jimmy Hart uh, as the managers. The main event was the Ultimate Warriors. The Ultimate Warrior, Jim Neidhart, Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty. That was the Rockers defeating the Heenan family of Bobby Heenan, Andre the Giant, Haku, and Arn Anderson. That's still probably my favorite is 89. And then today, by the way, is the... Today, by the way, is the 32nd anniversary, I believe is, is what it is. It, it's, today is the anniversary of The Undertaker's debut in, uh, in this. Uh, and I believe that was 90. Let me, let me make sure I've got uh, that right. I don't want to mislead anybody out there. Yes, I believe it was, yes, 1990. Yes. So 32 years ago today. In the 1990 Survivor Series was the debut of The Undertaker. By the way, originally managed by Bruce Pritchard as uh, Brother Love, right? And that took place up in Connecticut was that. And you know, The Undertaker jokes about, because the other thing that was, the other thing that was famous about the 1990 Survivor Series, ask me what was the other favorite famous thing about Survivor Series 1990. AJC, what was the other thing? The gobbledygooker. Boom. The gobbledygooker which was the big egg that they brought out, and the gobbledygooker came out. Undertaker thought that was going to be his gimmick, was he's going to have to be the gobbledygooker, and they kind of messed with him out of uh, all of it. But I'm still more partial to, to 89. 98 was a, a really good one, too, because that had the tournament, right? That was the tournament for the title. And that's the, that's the show where mankind thought he was going to win because Vince had promised him, and Vince helped him screw over Steve Austin in the semifinals. So Mankind beats Austin in the semifinals. I think it was called Dangerous Games is what it was called. And then in the main event for the title, it was The Rock versus Mankind. And Shane McMahon was the referee. They screwed over Mankind. The Rock became the champion. And the legend of The Rock was built. And then they formed the corporation, right? That was the corporation that they that they formed. Vince, Shane, The Rock. They would add the big boss man in. You know, they would they would add in. I think what Kane Undertaker would be part of the corporation, but they brought all of those guys. I think uh, Ken Shamrock was part of that as well. But The Rock became the corporate champion in in uh, Survivor Series '98. is really good too because that's one of the most underrated matches in WWE history. All the greatness is talked about with. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13 in 97. But their Survivor Series match in 96 is one of the best matches of all time. And that set up everything 
leading into WrestleMania 13 and 97. That 96 Survivor Series match, that was kind of a double main event. Those guys were great, and then Sid and Shawn Michaels wrestled in the main event uh, as well. 95, that was that's maybe the best match Diesel ever had. That's Diesel and Bret Hart in 95. So Survivor Series is not one of my favorite. I mean, I was not, as a kid, I liked the idea of, you know, teams of five that strive to stay alive, right? That concept kind of got old and outdated, and then we got some different things. You know, again, they had the tournament in 98 for the title, you know, after Austin was stripped of the title and all that. So they had all that. Well, the title became, you know, what was it? Kane, Undertaker, and Austin had that match where, I don't know, there was too long to explain all the fault or all from all of it, but that's what happened there. But some of those have been, you know, a few years ago, they had it where NXT – took on the WWE guys. That was pretty cool because that gave some of those guys, the Keith Lees and guys like that at that time, a chance to get up and, and be a part of all of that. So, look, it's got some cool moments to it. I think the early ones have been better than some of the later ones. You know, just the nostalgia of all of these funky teams, right? The Hulkamaniacs, the Ultimate Warriors, right? You know, you put together these kind of funky teams and stuff like that. But, you know, it's it's kind of a fun pay-per-view, but... Once you get through this, man, now we get ready for the Rumble, and now we rock and roll. But sounds like Becky Lynch may be coming back, which is never a bad thing because I think she's, I think she's the top female wrestler in the business. Maybe not in-ring top female wrestler, but as far as who's the biggest star, who's the biggest performer, I think Charlotte and Becky are the two tops of all of that. All right, when we get back, going to wrap it up with the Love TKO up next. Chuck Reed in the Kia Studios. Then we'll get ready for Atlanta soccer tonight. With Jess, uh, Jess Sharman and Jason Longshore, sports right now to the game, odyssey.com app. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We're wrapping things up on the John Chuckery Show the way we always do it with the love TKO. Atlanta soccer tonight. Jess Sharman, Jason Longshore coming up here at the top of the hour. Before we get out of here, though, let me let you get a listen to what is the greatest opening lyric in all of music history. So this is how my brain works. So I was trying to remember who the fifth member of the Dangerous Alliance was at 92 Wrestle War for the War Games match. Because I had Austin. I knew Austin, knew Rick Rude, knew Arn Anderson, knew Bobby Eaton. I forgot Larry Zabisco was the other member of the Dangerous Alliance. They took on Sting's team of Sting, Wyndham, Rhodes, Steamboat, Nikita Koloff. That, to me, is the second best War Games match. That's my... That's my second favorite War Games match. The the 87, the original one here at the Omni in 87. Great American Bash at uh, 87 here in the Omni was is still, I think, the best War Games match that there is. So, But Survivor Series is going to have multiple, going to have men's and women's and all that kind of stuff. So going with a little bit uh, different type of uh, feel uh, on all of that good kind of stuff. So, all right, don't forget, no show tomorrow. We got Atlanta Soccer tonight. That will be on late night after the Hawks game tomorrow. Hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving holiday. 
Um, next time I talk with you, it'll be Saturday morning when Chris Goforth, myself, and Randy Mack will take you to 1130. we got college football coverage. So as we get ready for the final week of the regular season before we get to conference championship games. Crazy to think about the regular season of college football is here. And literally, like, in two weeks, we're going to be in bowl season. Crazy. I know. It's crazy to think about uh, all of that. So that'll be Saturday. Then Joe Patrick and I, because he's going to be up in Philadelphia being inducted in the Eagles Hall of Fame. Joe Patrick and I will take you from 9 to 11 on the Wade Ford Tailgate Show as the Falcons get ready to play the uh, Commodores. So we'll have all of that for you. So hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving holiday weekend. We look forward to talking with you on Saturday. we got to get out of here. For Josh, it's Chuckery. AMF, everybody.